Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. VGK is eliminated from the playoffs for the first time in its brief history. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, and you could follow us at Lockdown VGK or me at Tony Dasco on Twitter. He is Chris Golick, and Chris could be found at TD Chris G on Twitter, like TD as in touchdown, Chris G on Twitter. And thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen every day. It is free and available on all platforms. And Chris, I, for one, felt that VGK was emotionally spent after that shootout loss on uh, Tuesday in Dallas. I explained this yesterday and how I felt about the team. I thought they might lose the contest. They did. Not a lot of emotion. I didn't know what the Golden Knights would have left after losing that game against uh, and against Chicago. They came out with very little emotion. Uh, They pushed again late in the contest. They fought to an overtime tie, the fourth OT game in a row, and eventually a shootout loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. And Chris, I didn't feel that VGK would win last night, as I said on Tuesday's show. I felt that they are both physically and emotionally worn down. Of course, it's been a whirlwind of um, highs and, well, I won't say highs. It's been a whirlwind of mediums and lows, if you will, for the last, uh, I call about the last month or so with every single moment of every single game mattering and every single shift being you know the possible difference of a winning and losing efforts so it makes sense for last night's game to go as it did right VGK was in the game although the, although they never led it was Chicago scores VGK ties it and so on and so forth all the way through the third period when we got to another a glorious shootouts but yeah, this game, <clears throat> pardon me, this game went as planned. It was expected. It's been a very tough and taxing time. My voice is hoarse from yelling at the TV for the last three weeks, you know? So um, yeah. W- what do you expect after, after what's been happening? That That's the long, the long uh, version of what I'm trying to get to right now. Okay. So how I knew that uh, <clears throat> the golden Knights had no life after uh, Arizona comes back. They tie up the stars, right? On uh, Wednesday night, fans behind the VGK bench at the United Center, they're telling the Golden Knights that the score was three to three. And you would have thought that VGK might have had to try to push just a little bit harder. They just were nonchalant about things. And that, to me, has been the mood of this team post-All-Star break. For real. Yes, I certainly hear exactly what you're saying. Uh, the, the camera crew did a great job catching um, the people behind the Chicago bench showing the score. They showed Braden McNabb in overtime watching is here for updates or actually watching the Coyotes game on uh, the reporter's phone between the benches, which I thought was pretty, uh, pretty funny. McNabb is almost never getting a shift in overtime. So and given the circumstances, that doesn't bother me a bit. I just thought that was kind of interesting and yeah Tony for about the last eight minutes of the game when the Arizona game was getting interesting it would have been nice to see a punch from the Golden Knights it would have been nice to see that 
if they could have got to that second gear. Um, I do slightly differ with the heart and effort of the Golden Knights. I don't think they've ever, besides last night, I don't think they've ever quit. I don't think they've ever not been trying to the max. It's just, uh, there's so many factors. I'm sure we'll get into each individual thing next week. But if there's one spot where I would differ from you, it is uh, for the effort and heart of the team. And I think we're going to learn a lot about injuries, not just maybe injuries we're aware of, people like Stone and Leonard, obviously, but you might hear about some secondary injuries to other players and such. And when a locker cleanup day happens on Sunday or Monday or maybe even Saturday, who knows, there's going to be a lot of interesting takes to come out of that. Uh, we've been praising Jack Eichel all season. He had a big turnover, however, in the game, led to a goal for the Blackhawks. And in the last six games, Chris, no goals, one assist, minus five on the ice. And Jack Eichel, at a time like this, you would expect your superstar to be stepping it up. And Eichel just didn't get there. No doubt. Um, and it's unfortunate. I've been on Team Eichel, and you and I both agree that in the offseason, the team is going to be built around Eichel and what the team feels insert GM name here. Cause who knows who it's going to be and insert coach name here. Um, but I think the team does get built around Eichel and putting together. I don't know if it's going to be as potent as a line one per se, as what Dallas has going on down there with the, with the Robertson line, but they're going to make a point to make sure Eichel has the proper line mates so he can succeed and lead. But yes, Tony, he is our huge uh, trade acquisition, the biggest, uh, well, maybe the second biggest trade in team history outside of flurry for nobody. Um, but you need to see more out of your, I mean, Jack Eichel was brought into the difference maker. How many times have I said in our shows, Jack Eichel is that guy who can take over the game on a dime, take, take the puck behind the net twice, make a pass, make a rush, create a penalty and you did not see as much of that over the last um, last six seven games maybe he's playing hurt right now I don't know or just worn out again the emotional True. toll for this team definitely has to be a big part a big factor down the stretch uh, Max Pacioretty said that VGK has to do something in the offseason after the game he was outspoken I felt and he said it's out of his control, meaning that he feels that the front office will be making some moves. He said that, you know, again, uh, he just was talking about this team and the disappointment behind this team. And Chris, Max Pacioretty also said that you might equate what happened this season to something that we saw in 2019 when Tampa Bay lost to Columbus and they were swept in that series. Then they come back, of course, and they've been on top of the NHL, NHL world ever since. So uh, Pacioretty, I think, you know, stepped up the last uh, couple of weeks, but they could have used his leadership, I feel, a lot sooner uh, this season. Of course, and P Pacioretty has been very outspoken and, and very, I, I would say more honest than outspoken. I equate outspoken to, you know, maybe um, not talking down necessarily, but kind of saying some edgy things. I think he's been incredibly honest about what's been happening. We highlighted uh, his post-game presser on one of our shows about, you know, 10, 12 days ago. And since then, I do feel like he has been trying to be that difference maker. And that goal against uh, San Jose where he just took the puck down the left side and 
and uh, went quickly uh, backhand, forehand, chipped it over the goalie's shoulder. That was an absolutely amazing individual effort and shows the gear that Pacioretty has. Pacioretty is not known for speed by any means, but he is a power forward who, once he gets his feet moving, almost similar to Alex Tuck, it's going to be very hard to slow him down. Um, yes, someone like Max Pacioretty does have a voice in the locker room. He is the type of person where if he stands up, everyone just listens. And who knows what happened behind the scenes. There have been, I'm sure, many passionate speeches that have been talked about and also maybe a few that have not been talked, talked about amongst uh, media circles and stuff. Starting, uh, someone made the comment, any day you put on that NHL jersey, it's a great day. That's probably one of the more PG passionate uh, speeches that was made. I'm sure there was some some yelling and some shouting. And, you know, as time goes on, we're going to learn a little bit more about what life was like in that locker room, whether it's next couple of days, whether it's uh, in the off season. There's going to be some stories that come out. And I hope they're more on the positive side. But I think there's going to be a lot of interesting reports that come out and uh, a lot to digest right now. Yeah, there's going to be a, uh, a lot of changes. It's going to be a very interesting and we feel very busy offseason. Now, coming up next, BGK was awful on the shootout once again. Chris and I will try to dissect what went wrong. How do they fix the shootout? It's going to have to be for next season, obviously. More after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that, give you, that will give you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something that you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's Insane Protection Program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. Yes, they will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay absolutely nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, you can head to ShadyRays.com. You can use the locked on code and you will get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Again, that's code locked on for their first best deal. And the first and best deal of the season, it's 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays glasses sunglasses that are backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews shadyrays.com welcome back and thanks for making lockdown golden knights your first listen now for your next listen check out lockdown now with nightly recaps of every nhl game with analysis from our local experts free and available wherever you get your podcast Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick, we are coming to you from Las Vegas, and there will be no now for the Vegas Golden Knights. Just one more game remaining. That'll be on Friday night in St. Louis. Chris, it's, it is absolutely sorry, no. It's absolutely inconceivable that VGK went zero for seven, zero for seventeen on shootout attempts. Their their last seventeen attempts, nothing. And, and, and someone said it's about as bad as the power play. It's awful. It's horrible. Those are two areas, special teams and the shootout attempts and how to score on shootouts. Major changes coming up in the offseason. You know, special teams, VGK just was awful. 
and then they're not able to score against a goalie one-on-one, you can't go 0 for 17. Among the worst shots, Chris, right, in the shootout on Wednesday night, Jack Eichel, once again, what is he (laughs) frigging doing skating wide? I don't understand that. Chandler Stevenson comes straight down the middle and just hits the puck. He rushes this shot, and he hits the puck over the net. There's no movement. There's no deking. There's no forehand to backhand. They are just not creative. They go straight in on the goaltender, and they're mostly looking for the five hole for crying out loud. The biggest issue that I have on the shootout, lack of creativity. There's no creativity for this team. The biggest issue I have with the shootout is allowing the shootout itself, right? (laughs) Say that last part again, Tony. I I said the biggest issue is the shootout itself. I don't like the shootout, but in any event, go ahead. The the shootout is what it is. I mean, I don't want to go to a game and have it end in a tie. Me and my son, me and the family love going to the Las Vegas light soccer games here in town. And I hate when those games end in a tie. I wish they did a shootout or something or penalty kicks, whatever. But another story, another time. Um, the shootout itself, it is what it is. You got to have a winner and a loser. That's how American fans are and how we want the games to end out here. So I don't mind the shootouts. My biggest problem with the shootout is allowing the last three games to get to the shootouts. When you have all these third period leads, cough them up, you leave yourself open to stuff like this. Now going to the shootout itself over 17. Yeah. That's the goalie is favored in shootouts and penalty shots as far as statistics go. But 0 for 17 is everything you said it was. It's inexcusable. And I think something like that, it comes down to scouting, similar to pitcher batter um, matchups and stuff like that. You look for their weak areas on video and such, and you try and exploit that. And that's one of the things I feel that did not happen. The shootouts normally in practice are reserved for the end of practice as a fun activity for the players. They're all kind of smiling and hooting and hollering when someone makes a move and beats the goalie. And when someone does something crazy like this weird spinorama or, you know, they go between the legs or, you know, just stuff like that, the team gets excited and energized. There is creativity in practice when they, when they work on this stuff, but in the game itself, no one had the creativity or lack thereof. Let's let's start with Shea Theodore. <clears throat> Pardon me. A few weeks ago, I made the comment, Shea Theodore always gets a pass if he misses on a shootout because he does so well. You know he's going to go forehand, backhand, but it works. Well, last three shots, forehand, backhand, it didn't work. Um, I do feel even Lankinen last night, who is far from, I mean, he's only at this level right now because the Blackhawks are in pretty much full rebuild mode. Um, Lankin would not be a starting NHL goalie on most rosters, definitely competing uh, teams, competing for a playoff spot and trying to win the Stanley cup. Lankin would not be on any of those rosters right now, maybe down the road. He's just not that goalie at the moment. Kind of like Robin Leonard. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. Moving forward. Um, moving forward from that terrible comment by me about Robin Leonard. But the goalies warranted. are moving. Yeah, it was before... warranted though. <laughs> What's that? I said it was warranted, though. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the goalies are moving before VGK shoots the puck. And whether it's because of lack of creativity, the goalie just is using their uh, reaction and their instincts to what the shooters are going to do. Or maybe the opposition has been scouting our shootouts and 
the goalies know what's coming. So yes, Tony, you need that creativity. You need that coaching. You need the coach to step in and say, guys, this isn't working. Like, I don't know how these conversations happen and whether it's a video, a one-on-one in a team meeting in in a video session, but there needs to be more attention to detail because the shootouts are a big part of the season. And there's one point on the line at that point. That's, that's huge. And you gotta, you gotta be better. I, 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 one thing I did like about the shootout last night, I did like that uh, DeBoer was mixing up the shooters. You saw Stone and Patch already take early shots. I know he's getting torched for Amadio coming in, taking a shot, but why not? The way things have been going, it's Why better not? than Carlson. Yeah, it's better than Carlson stepping up and going in there and just hitting. Uh, that's pillows. also fair. <laughs> that's also fair. <laughs> you know, the thing about this team, though, Chris, and it, the, there's one word, and we'll talk about this. We've got all offseason to talk about everything with this team and what went wrong. Predictability. I, like, Pete DeBoer became so predictable. We found out, if I'm scouting the Golden Knights, I know how to beat them in regulation. Just clog up the middle, smash them in the neutral zone, let them shoot from the outside, give them their 40 shots from rough angles, tough angles, and you can beat this team. And I felt that the shootout, too, was so predictable. And do they work on this? It looks like they're freelancing. And I, I still, for the life of me, cannot understand why Jack Eichel, with this longer stick than anyone else on the ice, for crying out loud, why he's just going wide and he's just – there's no creativity on the shootouts. They've got to be more creative moving forward into next season with the new head coach. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're to be determined on the coaching situation. Um, I do feel the writing is on the wall for that. Looking back, um, uh, George McPhee's shelf life, and I know it's not McPhee's team technically, it's McCrimmon, but I think McPhee is, pulling, uh, is calling a lot more of the shots than most president of hockey operations. And the shelf life for a coach under uh, McPhee is roughly two and a half seasons. We are right now at this moment at two and a half seasons. So based on uh, if we're going to look at trends and stuff like that, I think it's, it's going to be tough to see DeBoer come back. And to your comments about um, predictability, lack of creativity, this really goes back to the bubble playoff season. It really does. And that Vancouver series, I think, is when Coach DeBoer, uh, his strategy, if you will, I think that was exploited because the Golden Knights were out shooting the opponent so big in that series. Thatcher Demko had the series of his life, give him credit before we completely slammed DeBoer. But I think at that moment, that's where the lack of creativity was exposed. It was, sure, they're going to get 40, 45, 50 shots in a game. They're going to have... 93 shot attempts, but how many high danger chances are created from those attempts? And let's go back to the San Jose game now on Monday. San Jose got basically all four of their goals as a result of play of plays that were generated from the blue line, whether it's a bounce off the backboards, whether that's a design pass, whether it's a rebound, a lucky, whatever it is. The puck luck is just not there for VGK when they're trying that same strategy of getting pucks in uh, high danger zones from the points. And I don't know if that's as much luck as much as it is coaching. There is no lack of skill on this team. Let's go back to year one with, you know, Gallant, year two even as well. There was not probably 50% of the skill on those rosters 
that there is now. If you go down and compare player for player, line by line, there is much more skill right now. And I think when you have more skill, I think you need, especially at the NHL level, you need a coach who can mix that skill in the right places, whether you create a powerhouse line, whether you balance three real good uh, lines who are going to come at you in waves, and then you have a line four. That's another thing, Tony. That Having line four for that two periods on Monday night, that was so nice. That was really, really, really nice to have. And that's part of this as well. But there is so much talent on this roster. We exceed the salary cap by five and a half, six, eight million, ten million, whatever that number is right now. And to have an effort like this as your players are coming back to, I won't say full health, but the players are healthier than where they were roughly, you know, seven to 10, 12 days ago, maybe besides Mark Stone, of course. Um, so it's hard for me to have any compassion to give a pass to DeBoer. And then you look at the contracts and such. We've talked about that. I'm sure there's gonna be another show where we talk about what this team is gonna look like three years from now with, uh, you know, 30 million tied up between four players and such. So yeah, it's uh, interesting days ahead and you and I are going to have our plates full for a good week or so. After that, we're going to be stretching for stuff to talk about, but we'll have a good week of material. Oh no, it's going to be a very interesting off season. I really do believe. And, uh, you know, in shootouts, you know, back to shootouts, you're playing, you know, and you're practicing against Robin Leonard every day and there's no bounce. Like you need to be able to move the goalie. And I, I just don't think that they move the goalie enough uh, be it in game situations, be it in shootouts, and they don't do enough. And again, it's just a lack of creativity. And coming up next, you know, I'm going to talk about, and hopefully you'll chime in on this as well, and I know you will, Chris, but uh, VGK should shut down Mark Stone. That's what I believe. It's I think the season should be done, should have been done a while ago. You're listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Summer is coming, and with summer, you are going to need some good food to go on the go. And Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks, wherever you can find some room. Make sure that everyone has a bar so that you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars? Well, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and all built bars and puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with built bar, you can eat healthy and you actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the puffs yet? We've been telling you about them for the past few months. We are going crazy for the puffs. They come in crazy flavors too. My favorite banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they are only 140 calories. Sign me up. And if that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try a mixed box. So they have these mixed boxes that come with 12 different flavors, 12 different flavors of bars and the puffs as well. And again, most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. It usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens and dozens and dozens of net carbs. Go to built.com, get all of your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off of your order. 
Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick here in Las Vegas. And we're not doing a show like in memoriam. Holy smokes. Like some of the aftermath of the game and the loss to Chicago. And uh, we're not going to whine on this show. We're not going to cry. We're going to talk about solvability. Okay. Is that a good way to put it, Chris? Um, sure. Keep okay, going. we're just going to see where going. No, no, no. We're just going to solve a lot of the issues with this team. If they okay. can't fix okay. it on the ice, we will fix it off the ice. Fair enough. Let's go. Down. Okay, so I say to shut down Mark Stone. I have no idea in the world what he's doing on the ice. We saw when Brent Burns fell on him in the San Jose game that I thought he was done. He barely could get up. The big guy, the big fellow is just sitting on him like a beached whale. <laughs> and then, you know, Stone gets up and he hobbles over to the bench. Why do they have him coming out in the shootout? He can't even move. I mean, you can see it. It's noticeable. The guy's got heart. He's been back now for eight games. Should not be there. Either they forced him back or he wanted to come back and play and try to get this team into the postseason. But right now, it's more of a hindrance than a help for this Golden Knights team. I say they should have done this earlier, but they definitely have to shut down Mark Stone for that last game, for crying out loud. Oh, and last night too, Chris, guess what? Guess what? He goes down again. He blocks a puck that shot by uh, Chicago's McCabe. He goes down again. It, it's enough, enough. Just like give the guy a rest, even send him back home now. It's all fair, Tony. And honestly, I, I've been stewing for a comment here, so I, I got to get this in there. And maybe we're going to go back to the shootout for 10 seconds, then we'll, we'll go, go to Mark Stone. It, this is maybe a painful comment to make, but is part of the reason we're so bad on shootouts because we get to practice against Robin Leonard and they all go in and practice so the team feels like they're prepared? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, moving forward, don't even respond. <laughs> no, it's don't true. even the, respond. The guy doesn't move. and Don't they, even they respond. They Knock need it a, off, Tony. They need right, a so. bouncy goaltender for crying out loud. <laughs> All right, so Mark Stone, yes. Um, Mark Stone, he's out there because I think he wants – I hope it's because he wants to be out there. If a story comes out where they forced him to play, oh, my goodness. But um, Mark Stone, he is our leader. He is our captain. And him being in the locker room wearing a jersey – simply taking a pregame skates will give the Golden Knights that injection of energy. Unfortunately, that injection of energy was maybe like a weak cup of coffee by the way things have gone, but he will give the Golden Knights some energy. Should, should he be shut down? I think a hundred thousand percent, honestly, I don't know exactly how things work with the cap. I, I mentioned this lightly, I think uh, in our last show, but once we reactivated Will Carrier, I think that is our roster until the end of the season now, because you cannot put someone, I mean, you could put someone on IR, but you don't get that cap relief under 10 games left in the season. I don't know if there's any emergency call-up scenarios where they can just, you know, hit the, hit the panic button. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, here comes all the Henderson reinforcements that said, Henderson is about to enter uh, the playoffs. They have one more uh, regular season game Saturday against Ontario, and then the AHL playoffs start. 
So I don't know if they use an emergency scenario to bring up some of those players if they're ineligible to play in the in the AHL playoffs. And, and you know now there's going to be some attention on the Silver Knights and making a playoff run because Vegas needs positive hockey news out there. Um, so if there's no salary matters and if we're able to just, you know, kind of go free with the roster, you know, Stone, Patch, already March or so, I mean, anyone who is, uh, you know, making over $6 million a year and such, and we have for a long time, let's get them on the bench. We don't need that. This last game means absolutely nothing. So shut everyone down that needs it. Start the offseason a little bit early. This is the longest offseason we're going to have. So hopefully we will have whatever is left of the roster. Hopefully we will have a healthier team compared to years past who the last two years have made it all the way to the conference final. And we've had short off seasons. So maybe that extra two months, you know, 90 or 60 days of rest is going to help. Yeah. And then for the golden Knights, they're just going to be playing out the string on Friday night. And you just want to get out of that game healthy, get back to Las Vegas and it's time to regroup. And you do hope for the VGK faithful that this is a golden Knights team uh, that can come back next season And again, just everyone keeps pointing to the 500 games that were missed and what have you. But post-All-Star break, this team just did not have it. It did not have it. And regardless, I mean, they were winning games with AHL players, right, Chris, earlier this season. And then the second half of the season, when they used a lot of the same AHL players, again, I go back to predictability with this team. And, And teams are scouting them, and they know this team, and they know them too well. And Pete DeBoer, who or whoever is going to be the head coach, they just have to do better. They have to mix things up. It's got to be a different style of play moving forward. If Pete DeBoer keeps his job, okay, he's going to have to get rid of his assistant coaches. Power play stunk, shootout stunk, uh, special teams were not very good, and a variety of other things, and they just really need to retool this entire team offensively, I feel. Hey, do you remember, I just thought of something, though, with Chandler Stevenson, uh, earlier in the season, he said that Pete DeBoer had been uh, putting in a new forechecking system. A new forechecking system. Did you see anything new about their forechecking system earlier in the season or otherwise? Because I didn't. I did not. It's another area, again, where VGK fails. I remember watching so many um, games during season number one when we were still learning the identity of this Golden Knights team and e- even before that team felt like forget Stanley Cup contender and you know stuff like that but as we were learning they were going to be a team that was decent and I remember talking specifically to my father watching games with him and the forecheck was absolutely relentless in season number one specifically in the other teams uh, when they were inside, when they were trying to break out inside their blue line and we were disrupting them through the neutral zone, killing their timing. And then that was leading to very quick rushes back down the other side of the ice. Um, A few of our players I do feel are good on the four check, like a healthy Mark Stone. Jack Eichel is actually a better two-way player than I thought he was going to be. So there is some of that same energy happening, but, and obviously Riley Smith and William Carlson, we dog him all year, but Carlson as a two-way player, I know you're going to probably challenge me here in a second, but 
Carlson is solid on the forecheck. That is a strength of his game. Unfortunately, he's not being paid uh, whatever, five, five, five and a half, six million a year for that forecheck. He needs to put up 30 plus goals. Um, and that's probably not going to happen again, unfortunately. So, yes, your question, do I feel the forecheck is different? I don't know. It doesn't feel overly creative. Um, our penalty kill has always been okay when Riley Smith and Carlson are out there. And even Stevenson had some uh, some penalty kill minutes and such. Five on five in general, I don't feel like we are a tough team to break out against. And uh, well, again, on our next show coming up on Friday, uh, we'll talk more about uh, everything that's going on inside of VGK. Will there be knee-jerk reactions with this team now that they're eliminated from the playoffs? What happens next? I think that's what we need to get to. And we will talk about VGK playing out the string with its final game in St. Louis. No playoffs here in Vegas. There's playoffs in Henderson, but not in Vegas this year. And thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. The hosts are Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone. You got to check it out as they help you to become the expert of your fantasy league. That's the final week of fantasy play and the final week of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Tony Cardasco for my man, Chris Golick. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.